Ooh, this is AOK Radio, your go-to place for a little escape. Inner child, current child, adults, come on down for an easy listen. This is I Escape signing off. Whoever and wherever you are, welcome. The escape begins right now. What's up? This is AOK Radio signing on. And that season finale of Loki. Wow. Was heartbreaking. Juicy. Thick. With five C's. And just wild. Out of the three shows of the MCU so far on Disney Plus, uh, from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, WandaVision, and Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the only one. I was able to predict decently. And that's not a bad thing. Either way is fun for me. So in normal fashion for Loki's uh, season finale, I'm going to be doing a spoiler-free portion. And then we're going to board the spoiler train. (laughs) Choo-choo. So in typical fashion, I I checked Instagram um, shortly after watching the episode debut just to see if anyone was talking about it yet. And of course, um, on Marvel's and and Disney's page was showcasing the trailer for the finale. And the majority of the comments were actually just hype and uh, just hype overall of how good it was. But of course, there was like this one I saw uh, where they were like, oh yeah, that season finale where they spend the majority of the episode talking just setting up future things oh so good you know all sarcastic like and i was just thinking like as i was reading this comment i was just thinking my dude if you want a show with just mindless action you best be going elsewhere i mean of course they had to set up some stuff it's a cinematic universe it's the it's a bridge to the next big saga and it's not the whole show is not just meant to be a setup it's a continuation of loki and of course it has to be something big for loki to be involved because loki is a pretty big deal but yes this episode was predominantly talking uh ooh, excuse me I don't, hopefully you didn't just hear that my stomach was like i want to talk too uh, so there was this one really cool fight, though, and I gotta say, the talking that happened, it all mattered. It wasn't just, hey, let's drag the runtime. At least not, at least not in my opinion. I didn't feel like they were trying to drag the runtime. And honestly, during those dialogue scenes, it was all very interesting. They were, I felt the pacing of bringing it all together, at least to the degree that they were trying to do, was handled very well. Um, I honestly came into the season finale expecting a few things to happen. I think maybe one out of the 10 things did. (laughs) And that's what I mean too, with what I said before with, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier being the only show I was able to really predict decently. Uh, WandaVision kind of here and there, uh, as far as what I could predict, especially with, um, following other ideas people thought of like on TikTok and Instagram. And with this show with Loki... There was barely anything I was actually able to predict properly. Uh, there were a few things here and there, but those were a little bit 
obvious. Um, me thinking, for instance, how I kind of figured that Kang was going to be involved at some point. It was from the get go. I kind of figured it because it's dealing with time and they got to set up Kang to some degree because of um, quantum mania, which Kang is believed to be mainly a part of. I just spoiled something. <laughs> I guess not really. Because I didn't talk about how he's involved or if he's really involved. Because they technically didn't say the name. I'm just going to leave it at that. And then I'll talk about it more when we get to the spoiler train. My bad. But we're pretty much almost done with the spoiler free anyway. I didn't want to spend too much time on the spoiler stuff. But, um, yeah, all, all together, it just, it all fit. And even though I wasn't able to predict a lot of things, it just made those episodes more, all the more interesting because... When stuff happened, it made me think, oh, whoa. Um, like Lady Loki, for instance, when they mentioned originally that, oh, we're com- we're going after another version of you. I thought, whoa, what could this be? Because I, I knew there was a Lady Loki, but I didn't think they were going to do that. And um, when they did, I thought, oh, this is awesome. A really nice twist. And just figuring out what how they were going to come together and figuring out how the TVA really works and you figure with a big organization like this, there's got to be some kind of crazy controversial thing going on that the organization probably didn't really know about. Um, I got to admit, I didn't expect Renslayer to be out of the loop. I thought she may have known um, more than what she did, but I liked the twist that she didn't really know. But, you know, stuff like that, I was just really caught off guard. So, really nice. Um <laughs> Yeah, so the the twists had me practically twisted like a pretzel. I'll say it like that. Um, I can't wait to talk about them, honestly. Um, Loki is without a doubt my favorite MCU show yet. And um, I gotta say, if you guys wanted to see more action in this episode, I hate to break it to you, but there's, like I said, there is a good fight scene, though, for sure. But the rest of it is developing story and explaining like what's really going on and i think for what for what was there it was really good it helped develop the two lokis more especially with the point that they're at now and of course it brings more attention there's a lot to take in in this episode so i definitely recommend after you watch it you know take some time think about it watch it again and Honestly, just think, love, laugh, enjoy it all, because it's awesome. And just go, hopefully, if, you, if like you, like me, you've been each episode just going to an article or a video, just going through and seeing, okay, what Easter eggs were hidden in this episode? Because obviously there's always something. And a lot of it I didn't catch. And I would like to say I'm a big comic fan, but, you know... There's only so much you can know, unless it's your absolute job, you know, then you know a whole lot more than someone who's, I would like to say I'm more than, I'm more than an average fan, but I'm kind of like in between an average fan and a, uh, what's it called? A hardcore fan. I'm like in between because I don't know as much as I would like to. And that's, I think that's what separates me from being a hardcore fan. So it's just hard to keep track. But I make up for that, like I said, with the articles on YouTube. Um, thinking back on it, I don't think there was anything I 
honestly disliked. I think there's one thing I want to bring up. Actually, like two things, but they're not really dislikes. They're more so just, uh, I mean, okay, that could, I think that was still handled nicely, but I would have preferred seeing this, but that's neither here nor there. Um, all the together, um, I think this would have been the better way to handle it. And I think this episode needed to be what it was, just um, developing everything that we've experienced coming together into this episode and finally just letting loose on what it all really is. And even then, there's still some questions. You know, the majority of what we wanted to know has been explained in this episode. But of course, there's still a lot more to be experienced. So I'm really happy with how that happened. But here we go. I'm not a critic. I'm just a fan with occasional dislikes. And we'll get into that as we board the spoiler train. So it's all spoilers from here. So if you haven't watched the episode, if you haven't watched the episode by now, definitely watch it then come back. If you have, hey, welcome aboard. And I don't know, I don't know too many people who, you know, tune into the spoiler reviews first and then, you know, watch it. Sometimes they do, but I wouldn't recommend it for this one because, I mean, I guess you could, but I haven't really been talking for, oh, it's almost been 10 minutes. Never mind then. (laughs) I guess that's an okay time to, you know, go to the episode and come back and see if it's worth it. But it's like, if you're this invested in the series, dude, but I know some people will wait until it's fully out and then watch it all, which is really hard to do. I wanted to do that with Loki, but then I was like, no, I can't. I got to, I got to check on this show. And... I know some people will be on the fence and just think, is it really worth it? Because how does it end? And a lot of times, if an ending is bad, that can ruin the whole thing for them. So I can get why someone would actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I can understand why someone would come in, listen to the spoiler free and see if it's like, okay, they mentioned how this is good, that's good. And that way they don't get too spoilery so they can still watch it and enjoy it for the most part and not, you know, have everything ruined so they can watch it and be surprised by what all happens so there we go all right and um so on to the spoiler train to finish off on that previous thought i do admit thinking about it now this is a minor complaint actually seeing our boy he who remains and his variants uh go through the motions of the conflict even if even if as brief as he narrated it would have been better, I think, if they if they actually showed flashbacks of him running into each other and doing all that, all the um, going through all the the motions of what he talked about. And it was a nice touch that he showed glimpses of it via his little creations from that fancy watch he had. So for sure, a scene like that would have been more engaging. And it does take away a bit of the impact not having it that way, not visually showing us um, at least as much as it could have been like actually seeing it through his eyes but the the bit that they did with the little figures from his watch was actually still pretty nice and you know not every scene needs that sometimes just talking just the characters talking to each other is still nice too because that's it's there there's I like how there's different ways a story can be told visually and sometimes just having it natural like that is fine 
So I don't really have any major complaints with that, but I think it would have been a lot cooler if they did that. But who knows? There's, I mean, we already know there's a season two coming. It's It was revealed at the end of the credits when there's a stamp on the on the paper, on the folder, and it says, Loki will return for season two. And I was like, dude, I'm surprised about that. That's awesome. It's the first um, show on Disney Plus with the MCU to get a season two uh, post-Endgame. So that's really cool. Um, and I'm, I'm talking a little out of order here, but I wanted to get that out of my head, um, especially since now it connected so close to what I said previously. And I'm going to be a little bit all over the place anyway, so I wanted to have some type of, you know, connection here and there so it flows a little bit better. And, yeah, but I, with the, with the, with the, mm, wow, what was that? <laughs> with what that guy said, um, yeah, I mean, I can still understand what he, what he said to a degree, but at the same time, it's like, dude, come on, get over it. People need to talk. <laughs> all right, so... Even with that, uh, it was good to see that a lot of people still really liked this episode. Um, I only saw like one or two people complain. Uh, the majority of people were like, yeah, season two, let's go. And um, I mean, throughout the whole series, I didn't really feel bored at all. If anything, I was just like more and more and more. And for me, I don't really get bored when there's talking, especially when it's world building and the characters are really getting to know each other. I mean, there were... I mean, there were some scenes between, like, the two Lokis where I was like, okay, this is cool. I like that. But you guys are on a time crunch right now. But at the same time, it's like, I, I get it. There's supposed to be character development, and it's not like it wasn't unrealistic for them to talk here and there. So, you know, you never want to rush stuff. So I... It was more so just the hype of what's happening, and you just want to. It just it's just the rush you get of wanting to know what's going to happen next, and that's you know just one of those things. It's one of those natural feelings that didn't diminish any of it, honestly. But it's just my impatience, <laughs> which is a good thing. It's a good and bad thing because you know you have a good story when you get hooked to that degree, and you just want to get it force fed. Like, come on, what's what's next? What's next? What's next? <laughs> Uh, majority of this episode, uh, just to nail it in, um, the characters conversing. We pick off immediately where the last episode was. Uh, both Lokis make their way to the Citadel beyond Eliath. And might I, I'm, I meant to say this, at, I think I said this before in the first um, episode where I talked about my first impressions of it. Dude, they, like each series, they went ham on the effects. And that's what's so great about it is even though these are shows and not really movies, but I mean, at the same time, they are movies. They're just longer things. That's what I like about it, too, is that even though they're not the movies, they still have the production quality of a movie. And in my opinion, they are movies. They're just really long movies. <laughs> they're like Snatter Cut movies. <laughs> so... It's really cool. I think the production quality was great. It never dipped. It always felt um, great. And at this point, too, especially with me being a sci-fi guy, mostly, just seeing the opening, how we have all the, the, the space look and the way the Citadel looks, I just... Ugh. 
so great. <laughs> um, I love how we flash through time too, where, um, where we're, let's see, what was it? It was, it starts off with, they, they go to the Citadel and then you have the Marvel thing. You have the Marvel opening and you hear a number of MCU quotes, which I was surprised as I'm hearing all these quotes go by, I was thinking, oh snap, is this the new MCU thing? Because as you know, they've changed up over the years, obviously. And of course, my favorite one is the one where they're going through the the Marvel look and through the um, words, you see the t- you see the screens of some of the best moments of the MCU. And I thought, dude, this is amazing. This is how you do it. And part of me is like, if they were to make this a part of the of that new opening, that would be great. Just bringing those quotes it just it made me so hype because I'm as I'm hearing them I'm like oh I remember that that's from that movie and that's from that movie and you can see the scenes and especially if they play them in correlation to what's being shown but I think they did if I remember correctly I think they did change the logo a bit to match it so it wasn't like maybe that was the issue they didn't want it to to mis- mix match but yeah um, either way, it was pretty awesome. Um, so we not only had MCU quotes, but also we had important historical quotes um, as time passed, which was cool. So from, I think it was Neil Armstrong, for instance, to Nelson Mandela and uh, a couple others as well. And as time passes to the end of the all, this is where we land back at the end of time where our main baddie resides. And a being titled He Who Remains. That name is sick, man. Immediately, I'm just like, Thanos who? <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's just total hype. And He Who Remains. That's just such a boss title. And so, taken from Wikipedia, episode six, uh, this episode is titled For All Time always and i do like that at the end of the episode uh before what like the biggest twist one of the biggest twists was mobius and b15 seeing what's happening the 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 multiverse pretty much coming to fruition and they'd say that because yeah i mean dude (laughs) it's about to go down and we we got we need to be ready so I thought that was really cool, and that's, I, 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 can't, I can't lie, I ordered from Hot Topic a uh, Loki uh, sling bag, uh, so it has the Loki color schemes from Hot Topic, and it has like the TVA logo on it, and it has that uh, phrase, for all time, always on it, and hopefully by the end of this show, the TVA will actually be more, you know, more more on, more on the good side of things, I mean, they, they, they technically are, I mean, I, I understand the he who remains logic behind it all but uh yeah I'm, I'm happy to rep that and i actually got uh of course a mobius pop figure too and he has the um the pr- the pruning the pruning staff so i'm, I'm really excited for that i want to get one of some of the loki's too but yeah i'm super hyped <laughs> um let me know who you who y'all's favorite characters are for me it's hard to choose man like between Loki and Sylvie and Mobius, like they're definitely the top tier. But dude, he who remains, 
Dude, he rocked this episode. Well, we'll get into that in a minute. Let's go back to the uh, synopsis of this episode. So, let's see here. In the Citadel at the end of time, Loki and Sylvie meet Miss Minutes and reject an offer from her creator, He Who Remains, to return to them. Oh, wait, to return them to the timeline with everything they desire. You know what's crazy about that? That sounds kind of like a really desperate, a really desperate thing to offer someone. Giving them everything they desire, not to mess with them. Because it's like, what does he have to gain by giving you this? You know, there has to be some sort of catch. But anyway, meanwhile, Renslayer leaves on a mission to find free will. After receiving information from He Who Remains and Hunter B-15 informs the Minutemen that they were they, they are variants by showing them a variant of Ravona, who is a school principal in Fremont, Ohio. He Who Remains reveals to Loki and Sylvie that he created the TVA after ending a multiversal war caused by his variants. As the timeline begins to branch, he offers them a choice. Kill him and end the singular timeline, causing another multiversal war. Or replace him as he as his successors in overseeing the TVA. Sylvie decides to kill He Who Remains, while Loki attempts to stop her, pleading that he wants Sylvie to be safe. They kiss, but Sylvie sends Loki back to TVA headquarters. She kills He Who Remains, unleashing a multiverse with timelines that cannot be pruned. Now, this is something that Wikipedia has said, something that they, they say the timelines can't be pruned. I don't remember anywhere in the show um, mentioning that was a possibility of this happening. But at the same time, I guess it makes sense because he who remains literally his death, you know, he's, he's just that connected. But it's just really interesting to think about it. I don't know. Maybe I have to, have to watch the episode again to... Grabs, grasps something, but there are some things I can't lie that did fly over my head. And one thing is how deeply routed he remains is, and after his death, and or um, in general, I, it's it's tricky. I guess. Oh, well, I'll, I'll say it after I finish reading this. Actually, um, let's see. So at, at TVA headquarters, Loki warns B fifteen and Mobius that variants of He Who Remains are coming to wage war, but they do not recognize him. Loki sees that a statue in the likeness of He Who Remains has replaced those of the Timekeepers. So that's the part that kind of confuses me. So I would assume that. When he's at the end of time, time eventually just restarts and it branches off if he's um, killed. But if he stays alive, then the timeline stays the same because someone can always manage it. But for some reason, I forget why, but he said if he gets killed, then the branches branch out. So I guess I don't I don't get that part actually now that I'm thinking about it because he he he's he's tired. He I think he basically wanted to die anyway. So I'm kind of confused as to why he couldn't just 
give them the powers regardless or just keep I guess he, he just was tired of doing it by himself so giving them the powers he could just retire somewhere but why does killing him oh you know what I had a brain fart I'm not going to touch that anymore. I'm going to just go down what I was saying before here because I just I just realized something. Never mind. Forget I said that. <laughs> so let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So I'm just going down my notes here. And so just to emphasize what happened here too before I forget. So we have it where um, he gives them two options. He t they take over for him, so the timeline can stay singular. But if he's killed, then there's no one to take the reins to control the timeline and keep it from branching out, which seems to be just a natural occurrence because there's always variants who just want to do their own thing. Hence, all his variants. <laughs> for instance, and the Lokis. So I just thought that was really cool because we don't really no one. There's not really any other focus outside of other variants who cause such big issues. It's mainly just the Lokis and the he who remains. So I thought that was actually really interesting. So um, let's see. So like I said, we do have a season two coming for this. And it makes me wonder what's really going to happen in season two. And because obviously Sylvie has to be confronted for what she did. And how are they going to get back there? Because they have to get past Elioth again, I'm, I'm assuming. Or maybe, no, actually, they probably don't have to because they know where he is now exactly. So they can probably just use a teleporter like Sylvie did to get Loki out of there and confront her and figure out how they can, like, what they can do now. But since the branches are already there. They probably just have to go through the motions and try to figure out how to stop the war from happening. So that's, oof, yeah, that's pretty wild. I'm wondering like how the TVA is going to work now. Maybe the maybe the hero who remains that has replaced the timekeepers will be able to do that. But then again, Mobius and B15 seem to be kind of freaking out when they saw the branches happen. So I don't know. It's actually a lot to think of. But it's going to be really wild because we have WandaVision's story continuing in the in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And that has obviously going to be some kind of connection to more multiversal stuff, more of the uh, consequences of what she's doing to make a Nexus event. And then the whole Loki thing, which is also another major Nexus event. Um Captain America and Winter Soldier continues in Captain America 4, but clearly Loki's story will tie into Doctor Strange too, to some degree, I would I would assume, and most likely Ant-Man and the Wasp and Quantumania, which also, you know, Quantum, so it deals with time travel to some regard, so I feel like there's going to be a lot of at least Easter eggs and just, at the very least, some small connections here and there. I'm obviously... Very confused. Now that I'm thinking about it more, I gotta watch that episode again. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna be going into an article too uh, that will uh, probably help me uh, piece together some things here. 
But let's go back to basically my review of it all. So I'm obviously floored by the end of this episode. I really enjoyed the actor's performance of He Who Remains. Uh, Jonathan Majors, I believe is his name. Um, I don't really think I've seen him in anything else. I know he's done some pretty cool things before this. But man, he hammed it up. But I think it was needed. I think it was really good the way he... um, acted as uh, he who remains he I mean not just because of the character's own pain but to also give these dialogue scenes all this lore dump some flair but also I mean as this dude said he's been doing this TVA mess for eons and you can tell by the man's the man's domain how he carries himself what he's had to do by the time you uh, by the time we get to the end of the episode when he reveals it all this that is that it's a man and he said it like when you first when he first ran when he first uh when i was gonna say when they first ran into but when loki and sylvie first saw him he introduced himself and he's just like you know yeah i'm I'm just a guy he said it himself flesh and bone and the only reason why he was able to keep himself from getting stabbed for from by sylvie for so long was because he he read it he knew all the events that were going to happen on paper to a degree until the very end at least and i thought that was actually really really cool um so he was able to just you know flash here and there the, the whole effects of him flashing back and forth was really cool and at first, it made me think, oh, please, at, when I when they first showed him as he was, I started thinking, oh, please don't make this a, a Wizard of Oz thing where he doesn't really know anything. And he's just this, he's just this random guy or even worse, um, how they handled um, how they handled what's his name in Iron Man three or was it two? I think it was three. Um, oh, why am I forgetting his name? Um the Mandarin. I was hoping it wasn't going to be a Mandarin situation or a Wizard of Oz situation. Unfortunately, it wasn't. They they learned their lesson because they they found out that yeah, people were mad about how the Mandarin was handled back then. So, but yeah, I, I really like how they handled that. They made it really really cool. Like even showing that this guy, you know, he's not a god really. He's just a man, flesh and bones. But I mean, in a in a way, like what he's been able to do and keep away, he he is a god in his own right. I'll I'll say I'll leave it at that because in this in this world, like even Loki, you know, he's flesh and bone bone, but he's a god and he can be killed. I mean, literally, Thanos just choked him out and that was it. So yeah, we'll leave it at that. This dude, he who remains, he's a god in his own right. <laughs> so with that too, I gotta say. Bravo. Bravo. Um, so now I get to say Kang a couple times here because I think it's pretty obvious this guy is Kang at this point. I'm pretty sure like there's no way this dude isn't or let me rephrase that. There's no way that this dude isn't a variant of Kang because of him saying that, you know, he's he's the hero, basically. But there's other or he's the villain, as he said. But, you know, they've done villainous things, but for the greater good, at least in his, uh, shoes. 
but a variant of him, him, the big bad, is going to be Kang. So it's very obvious now that this man is indeed a variant of Kang the Conqueror. Notice how how he, when he mentions his origins, you know, he comes from the 31st century, same as Kang. Out of the many titles people have called him over time, one of them he said was Conqueror. Then you have the Eliath um, connection and the Renslayer connection from the comics. All of these share pretty good ties with Kang. There's just no way this dude or this big bad variant he warns our heroes of. There's no way that this isn't going to be Kang the Conqueror. And I'm really curious to see how they're going to handle how he looks. Is he going to have the blue skin? Is he going to have just like a blue mask or something? I don't know. I really am curious. But the MCU does a really good job at modernizing these um, characters and their costumes. So the idea that this man starts off meeting alternate versions of, of himself across the multiverse, just like, wow. Oh, wait. Actually, before I get to that part, I love how the door opens to them and he's just sitting there eating an apple, just like chilling. <laughs> he's just so chill and he's just like, oh, hey, guys, what's going on? <laughs> I really like that. And it shows to that it shows to that the seat of power that he has. He he sees he knows these people are here to either hurt or kill him or do something bad. And he's just like, yeah. I mean, you can try, but he's just great. The the demeanor he had through all this that's that was really great. He you could tell he owned the room, but it wasn't really out of ego. It was just factual, really. So I liked that really good show of the type of character he is all right so back to that um back to him talking about meeting alternate versions of himself across the multiverse realizing that that's a thing and it starts off nice i mean doesn't it always then of course with infinite possibilities rearing its ugly head as we saw with uh the mini loki's as well we get some variants of this guy who want to dare i say it conquer then boom the multiversal war, the first at least, because th- I'm pretty sure certain now there's going to be a second one. So all caused by multiple, multi multiversal versions of one guy. Yeah, this is a pretty good setup, I would say, for the next big bad. <laughs> I mean, Thanos has some big shoes to fill, and I mean, this dude might even have some bigger shoes. From what we, I mean, think about it, Thanos literally halved the the universe but this dude took out multiple universes <laughs> seemingly infinite universes i think uh kang has it or he who remains technically but kang was aiming to conquer them all and it sounds like he got pretty close if there's a whole multiversal war it makes me wonder how many were bad because the way he showed it you know they were all fighting each other it wasn't like one um he remains against the other he who remains it was like they were all like combating each other so obviously there has to be one that was the bigger bad but i just really wonder how how it was leveled but either way and so one thing I wanted to address too, like it's well to when the Lokis enter the Citadel that Miss Minutes approaches them with an offer. And we talked about this too with the Wikipedia thing and oh, with the Wikipedia recap. And you just, you notice how her voice 
it, it has this malevolent tone to it. When when before, usually hearing from her, you know, she has this nice cheery tone. I did not expect Miss Minutes to be like this. She's kind of, I mean, it, it's obvious she she serves the he who remains, but man, and she's she always has. But it's it's crazy that she's kept up this facade the way she has. But it's clear that she's an AI of some of some degree. So I I like how she's almost a. Mm, I don't know. I was going to say double agent at first, but I wouldn't really say that. So, whew, so much to take in. All right. So she offers them a couple things and I'm just going to call, I'm going to, I'm going to go between Kang and he who remains, but technically this guy is he who remains. It's the, I'm kind of wondering what his real name is. Like, is his name, are they all technically Kang? Is that, the, is that his actual name or is Kang an alias that he just takes on once he, you know, realizes he wants to be evil? Or the variant, I mean, who wants to be evil? I don't know. But the fact that she brings up Loki's failures, how he failed to take over New York, how he failed to beat the Avengers um, to rule in general, and then at the end of it all to be killed by Loki, or to be killed by Loki, to be killed by Thanos at the end of it all. It's, it makes sense why they tried to, you know, make that something of interest to him, make his failures victories. So to be able to do that and especially kill Thanos, of course he would want to do that, especially after seeing that if he doesn't, Eventually, Thanos is going to run into him and kill him. You know, it's 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 his destiny or one he's trying to escape. And I mean, let's be honest, it, it's still he eventually does kill a Loki. I mean, you know, you know, our 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 OG Loki. It still hurts. It still hurts. I don't I don't I really. We can't, we can't have our new Loki get die, man. We, we can't. We already lost one Loki. You know, we thought we lost him time and time again, and then we officially lost him to Thanos. It just, man, I mean, literally, it still hurts, because thinking about it, that, that, that the original Loki that went through so much character development with his brother is really gone. And I know some people were thinking about the Loki TV show, and they're thinking, man... I can't get into it because this isn't our Loki. You know, it's 2012 Avengers 1 uh, pre-Dark World, Thor Dark World Loki, who has so much growth to come into. But we'll get into that a little bit later, too. And, of course, I'll mention here why this current Loki is definitely my favorite Loki. And, you know, without a doubt, I'm going to miss the original Loki, but, yeah. I also keep forgetting that Thanos lost twice, but won once. You know, OG Thanos got his head chopped off. Then the 20, what is it, 2014 Thanos got snapped. But man, what it took for him to lose, though. Sheesh. <laughs> All right, so Miss Minutes offers them this together to be able to exist freely again. Or freely entirely, because they technically didn't live freely before. And which before this offer didn't seem like a possibility unless they took down the TVA as we were establishing that the TVA basically told them you guys can't live freely. You're, you guys are destined to die or at least 
Loki's destined to die. I don't know if Sylvia technically didn't because they pruned her reality. So she had nothing at that point. Nothing really to lose. Well, until now. But so obviously we see here that Miss Minutes scratches that Loki itch of wanting to rule. Something he's wanted to do for the longest time. Up until now, I would think, officially. And if Loki was offered this at the start of the show, I think he would have jumped at it. No hesitation, I'm sure. But now, this Loki we currently have, he's managed to become more grounded. A more grounded Loki than arguably the one that we had by the start of Infinity War. The one that we lost. He knows what he truly wants. And I mean, I would say at that point, that Loki did know too. But I think he was still a little bit more conflicted because at the at the end of Thor Ragnarok, shortly before Infinity War, he made the last minute choice to come back and help Thor. And yeah, I've, that could have been the final nail to make Loki truly um, the best the best brother possible to Thor, the, the brother that he you know always was meant to be. But I don't know. It's kind of up in the air. But I mean, at the end of the day, he is he is a trickster. So some things he could have done and so forth was to, you know, either trick Thanos or whatever. You know, the, I'm talking about the int- introduction of Infinity War, but I don't know. So with this Loki, he knows what he truly wants. We know that's concrete. And I, I mean, I, I would say that the old Loki did know too, but I think I feel like he was still a little conflicted at, at some points. But, you know, this Loki knows what he wants. He wants to be with Sylvie. Sylvie. And as he said, he wants her to be safe in his arms. And that kiss, though, we all know we were. I mean, I know some people were like, dude, he's technically kissing an alternate version of himself. And yeah, he is. But I mean, it's Loki. I mean, he's he's got that. What's that? Oh, what's that thing when? um shoot it's not it's like a synonym of egotistical he (laughs) it's kind of that oh man i can't think of the name narcissist that's it is i mean let's be honest loki's a narcissist so it's actually pretty hilarious that he falls for an alternate version of himself (laughs) i think it's pretty awesome um but i like sylvie i think she's a really cool character even after what happened i think she's still an awesome character so Oh, man. All right. So what else we have with this part here? Um, Yeah. So there's that. And then, of course, with Thanos, they knew, too, Miss Minutes knew, too, that mentioning Thanos, I'm sure it's clear that Loki knew what he was planning to, you know, snap existence in half. And it wasn't until it wasn't until. um. The end of, or almost the end of, uh, the almost the end of Endgame when Thanos realized that I need to change my plan. I need to just restart everything. So it wouldn't have been as bad. So before even then, you know, it's still highly possible that Loki could have been snapped out of existence, especially if he, especially if Thanos had no use for Loki. So yeah, there was a lot to be worried about. So Miss Minutes, and I mean. He who remains, they shoot playing a pretty heavy game there, and uh, yeah, they were definitely tugging on the right strings, I'm sure. But I mean, now we just, dude, like I said, we got a bigger threat now coming. Thanos, before dealing with the Avengers, he only wanted half of everything. 
and you know eventually was going to do everything but now this new threat i mean dude gunning for not just everything multiversal everything so sheesh um i love the dynamic here i loved how loki didn't believe the risk of killing he who remains was worth it but sylvie you know all she kept saying was you're lying and that they are simply being manipulated you know, Loki was mainly sitting there, taking it in, trying to piece together what he was saying and kind of teetering back and forth like, is it worth the risk of taking the chance of killing him? And, you know, after everything they've experienced, it was something that just felt right. And I like that Loki essentially was like, dude, we're gods of mischief. We 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 can pretty much know when someone's lying. <laughs> I don't think he's lying, <laughs> as Loki said. Um, but sheesh, I really thought it was gonna come down to one of them dying to stop the fight, and I was pretty sure that Sylvie was gonna die. I really was. Um, I I was really hoping not though. But to be honest, if Sylvie didn't send Loki away back to to the TVA, she probably would have had to be forced. Um, she would have definitely, I think, forced herself to kill him because it was clear Loki was not going to back down, understandably. Um, but personally, I'm on Loki's side. Um, he knows when someone is lying, like I said. I believe Sylvie would have known too if she wasn't so conflicted. But you can't blame her though. Uh, the TVA agents were lied to, Renslayer didn't even know. Uh, the three timekeepers were fake. And Sylvie. She's lived a different life than Loki. So many things that she's known has have, have been lies. Why would Sylvie believe this guy after all of these lies prior to? Especially after the timekeepers. Like, to be fair, I mean, she was going to kill the timekeepers too, but that was before they realized the, the issue of what may happen from killing them. But I, I find that... Despite that, she still kept her resolve because that was her goal. And she kind of just had tunnel vision at that point. And I feel like because of that tunnel vision of what she set her goal of after all of these years, I think that's what um, made her so unable to think of um, Loki's side and be more willing to listen. And sheesh man just kang he who remains really low-key see what it did there low-key pitted lo the lokis against each other playing the you sure you can really trust him card and sylvie starts to thin up you know she starts to think about it and he, he she even mentions the possibility of loki just wanting the throne and that's why he's choosing to i mean she was thinking that's why you're really choosing to side with taking his place instead of you know making him suffer for what he's done the, the the innocent timelines he's killed over and over and over again and that's the best part loki has found something much more worthwhile than any throne for now and it was just really interesting because i feel like with he who remains he really didn't honestly care regardless i think he obviously was leaning more so towards them taking his place because obviously living this back and back and back and back and forth again he said it himself he's tired he's lived for so long keeping things 
in order. And it's just, I think he pretty much realized that no matter what happens, it's just whatever. I think he pretty much figured out that one of these two possibilities was going to happen and he just accepted it. But he thought, you know, let's make it interesting. What, what, what can I really, how, what's, he was basically betting like, okay, I feel like he was betting at this point, like what, which, which one is going to happen here? What can I, can I make it, can I influence one or the other? I really feel like that's what he was trying to do. And that, that kind of shows even more how broken uh, he who remains, how broken he was me- mentally. So that was pretty wild too. <laughs> um, I will admit though, before I forget, I do hope Kid Loki and Alligator Loki especially return in season two. I mean, I'd even want to see Boastful Loki return. Uh, at least I think that was his name. Um, even though he was a backstabber, he is still a Loki. You know, I feel like he could, um, I think he could, what's it called? Um, I think he could make up for, I think he could atone for that. And I think the Loki, I think the variant Lokis are too good a plot point to only be a one episode type deal. And dude, classic Loki going out like a boss, glorious purpose just so good I'm I'm, I'm mad he's gone but then again technically wouldn't he come back if the timelines basically reset and just I wonder if he actually is if he's reborn and just gonna relive his timeline again I don't know that's actually another question I'm curious about so I love how this variant event was that people or excuse me, I loved how this variant event was what people theorized Loki did. Like classic Loki essentially was what people thought was going to happen to some degree when Infinity War happened, um, where Loki would make an illusion of himself. And while Thanos was choking him out, he believes he kills Loki, but in reality, it's Loki hiding away to get the upper hand or maybe just save Thor and come back and fight another day or something. You know, that's, that's my thought. I thought that Loki can't die here. He's faked his death way too many times to, um, he's faked his death way too many times to, you know, die (laughs) basically. (laughs) And now it's pretty wild because thinking about Ragnarok, when, Thor was convinced that Loki wasn't there and he tossed something his way knowing that it was just going to phase through him and Loki catches it and basically says yeah I'm here tell me why that was basically a foreshadowing of the fact that when Loki was choked out that was really him that was basically foreshadowing that he wasn't going to do that illusion again at least not like that (sighs) I just realized that was that really, was that why it was written like that? Was that a foreshadow, Loki? Oh, man. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> so anyway, um, I like how they tied into classic Loki, how he did that. He made an illusion of himself that Thanos thought uh, was real, killed Loki, quote unquote, but he hid away and actually fled, though. And I like how he was going to, you know, he fled to a planet and thought he was going to you know, eventually he got lonely. He he missed his brother and all of that and was going to return. And it makes me wonder, 
you know, at this point, obviously that Loki must have been there for a very, very, very long time. So I wonder the events that played out, would it have been the same as the 616? I'm just going to say 616, even though it's not 616. I guess I should just say MCU. That makes more sense. The MCU, I was going to say 616 because, you know, it's the normal timeline. So I was using it as a reference to the the MCU timeline, but it's just safer to say MCU because technically the cinematic universe has its own multiverse in the comics. I just don't remember the the, um, number iteration of it. But it just makes me think too, like, how, how different is his timeline compared to the MCU one? Is it the same only this version Loki just flees because it wasn't until he decided to leave the planet that the TVA took him because if he just left if he just fled and went to his you know with an isolated planet then he's not really messing up any other timeline It, it essentially is to the point of it's essentially the equivalent of him being dead and so it's safe to say that timeline was actually very similar. But man, him coming back to Thor at that point? Oh, dude, Thor would have definitely disowned you. He probably would have killed you if you reappeared after him. Like, come on, dude. He he can only grieve you for so long before he just snaps literally on you. Like, I don't think it would have ended well if he tried to visit Thor again. Sheesh. Especially being his only... Especially now being his only... um living relative well not that loki but our loki so yikes um and plus i doubt all the other loki's killed themselves i mean at least not all of them i'm sure they're still i know kid loki has to be alive still because they all fled when that whole fight broke out um you know he's definitely keeping his distance and i know with with kid loki he said he killed thor and that's that was his variant event but wasn't that whole area we were in they said I remember classic Loki saying that was his domain and then at one point we saw Frog Thor in that jar trying to get to Mjolnir was that his Thor was he just bluffing that he killed Thor and you know basically was like he's he he is basically digs I'm trapping him in in a jar and he's gonna lose oxygen anyway I don't know I hope that's not the case. I really hope that, um, I hope we see more Frog Thor at another point. But then again, maybe Alligator Thor, maybe that was Alligator, maybe, maybe, um, Alligator Loki, maybe Frog Thor was with Alligator Loki's timeline. I don't know. All right. So with Renslayer, she has continued to tick me off in these last couple episodes Ever since she took out Mobius, basically. I was really hoping she at least got captured. I was really hoping Mobius was going to put in some work. But to just be knocked to the ground in one hit. Yeah, I get it. We never really saw any reason to believe that Mobius was a good fighter. And, I mean, it's Renslayer. She's, a, she's you know, the big cheese. Um, second to only... Um, she's a judge. Se- judge, second only to... He who remains. So I kind of figured that she would most likely put in the work or it would be maybe a standstill or something. But, um, sheesh. Um, but I know she too was 
just confused. She was just a confused person who felt betrayed by her friend Mobius, who also believed he was betrayed. It's just a big misunderstanding that they just really, if they just had time to really sit down and talk about it, I think they would come to an agreement. But, dude, she, she basically, she basically killed him. Like, I mean, she did the equivalent of killing him, sending him to a dimension where oblivion was eventual. So, I mean, and you saw it too, like, Mobius was pretty much there to do the same to her, you know, an eye for an eye type deal, um, to burn the TVA to the ground because it was all a lie. But yeah, it's good though that she didn't, um, it was good that she didn't end up doing that. She was, uh, she was kind of tempted to prune him again. And he was even like accepting his fate, just like go on. And she was going to at first, but then she realizes, no, I'm not going to do that again. That's that's not even needed. And she ends up retreating, or not retreating. She ends up just leaving through a portal to find free will, something that, unfortunately, they didn't have. So I liked that. I like that Renslayer's story is going to continue. I'm really curious to see what's going to happen to her. I still don't like her. <laughs> um but I get her character. I hope that she eventually does become more of a likable character to me. Um, but it, it's only, I only dislike her just because she pruned Mobius. You know, she's, she's definitely one of those characters that she just isn't conflicted. She, she was doing what she thought was right. And her whole, her whole world got flipped on its head and she was on, she, she was a judge. So she had a tough, she has a tough job. She had to make the tough calls. That's what you need to do as a leader. So I can't really be mad at her for it. So I guess I'll say it's a love-hate relationship with Renslayer. I'll say it that way. Yeah, so I'll leave it at that. She's she's not really all that bad. It's I I like the diversity with her character. And it is good that they that they are on that page that they both understand that they both feel betrayed so when they eventually meet each other again i think i don't think they're i feel like they can be friends again but i don't think it's going to be ever the same or even i don't know i think it's i don't think they're ever going to be the same friend that they were before but how can you after one of them try to kill each other but then again look at loki and thor you know they they loki's tried to kill Thor on multiple occasions, killed, he tried to kill all of them at multiple occasions, succeeded in killing um, both the mom and the pop. So it's like, uh, yeah. And they're still brothers at the end of the day, you know, Thor still accepted him for who he was. And so if they, if they can do that, then why not Sylvie and Mobius making up? So anything's possible at this point. Uh, so let's see. What else do I have here? Um, I'm just going down my notes here. <laughs> oh, so going to the end part, the most confusing part for me. Um, what I didn't expect, though, was when Loki was running into Mobius and Hunter B-15, you know, he he goes to them and tells them what he learned and is saying how a really big bad guy is coming, a variant of him. We need to stop this. And Moby just says, who are you? And he's, 
Oof. Oh, and can we just pause for like how Loki just like Loki and Thor, they just man, they they've gone through some stuff. And just seeing that moment when Loki realizes where he was transported to and just sits there soaking it in and just has a small little breakdown realizing that, you know, Sylvie betrayed him. Man, just seeing him like just tearing up like that, it, it hurt. Ooh, I can't wait to see how they're going to react with each other. I think another fight's going to ensue, but I'm 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 sure it's not going to be to the death. I don't think I'm I'm calling it. I don't think either of them are going to die. And if if one of them is, I think it's going to be Sylvie and it's going to be a sacrifice. But yeah, I'll leave it at that. Um so going back to the ending when we have the timeline splitting and movies is like, who, who are you? I, is it, is it possible that Loki was just transported to the TVA, but like a different branch of the TVA? Is it possible that there's another TVA in general? Cause obviously the TVA was affected by the time splitting by the multiversal event, because otherwise why would, he who remains be that statue instead of the timekeepers now why would that have changed and why would mobius and b15 not know loki unless the tva was affected by that so technically in general it it, it, it isn't the same tva he was at so i'm wondering are these different versions of these characters where perhaps another version of his Mobius and B-15 are at another TVA, or is there solely just one TVA and somehow killing He Who Remains shifted the time within a snap where when he transported back there, that happened. I really hope that's explained soon because I'm confused how that works. But, yeah, so... Because especially, too, when you have... The part where B-15 shows the other agent that Renslayer herself was, or is a variant, and she was a principal, and for that to be surely before we see Mobius with B-15 coming to terms with what's happening with the whole deal saying, you know, for all time, always, it just, for that pacing there, it seems like it has to be like maybe two separate TVAs have branched now from this. I feel like that's I feel like that's the case. I feel like there's at least two different TVAs now. But who knows? Um Actually, why not? Because if he who remains if there's so many of them, would it make sense to make their own versions even if they're like not as prominent as the main one? I don't know. It's Maybe I'm just talking mess here, but King's final chilling words as he's being stabbed by Sylvie. He smiles, saying, see you soon. One of the best parts, just like, see you soon. I really feel for this man, but it's like he knows. So now that he's dead, I keep coming back to this thought where technically isn't time resetting at this point, so or so to speak, not not like to the dawn of time type deal, but technically does that mean 
I, I would assume that there's a similar enough version of himself who could help because obviously they are they're not all bad it's only like mainly the big big bad and maybe a few other uh uh what's it called i was gonna say stranglers but uh, it's not that or it could just be him saying see you soon because eventually the big big bad version of himself kang is gonna be coming through and you know causing havoc so that, that probably is what he meant there it's likely we may not see this version of um he who remains but part of me kind of thinks the the tva statue version of himself could be a version could be a, a nice version still or it may be kang i don't know because it looks too much like he remains i kind of expect when we see kang i expect him to be like suited up and possibly with a blue face but i don't know so yeah either way this um finale blew me away i loved it i don't think there are any major complaints other than just the fact I'm very confused by the ending, but I know that season two will, you know, set things uh, right and explain like, okay, what is really happening here? Um, or there may be an in-game situation where, um, the whole thing where, um, Steve Rogers, the whole time travel thing with that. I mean, I get it, but I think there's still like one or two things I don't really get. Because I think it's widely accepted he went back to... He went back in time, but it's a different reality. Otherwise, um, you know, him doing certain things wouldn't have tied together. And plus, him going back in time, he, he would pretty much just take away everything he did. So he would have to have gone back to a separate timeline. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a Captain America to exist to help out and set things right as time went on as he originally did so but yeah that's another that's another topic it's just like there's so much to take away from time travel with avengers but i think if i remember correctly when you go back in time it's a it's just a different branch or something like that uh, time travel always confuses me. I gotta, I, I gotta rewatch Endgame now too, or in Loki. I'm just, I'm like confusing time travel with other time travel stuff now. But whatever. So we're gonna end this long episode with, um, well, I guess it's kind of a standard episode now. But with this last part, it's gonna be a long episode. Uh, we're gonna go to a BuzzFeed article that was posted seven hours ago. Uh, this was written by Nora Dominic. And this one was, this one's titled, Loki has some mind-blowing details in the season one finale. And here are 33 that I spotted. So she started off saying, well, Loki officially broke me. Uh, yeah, yeah, Nora, it, it broke a lot of people, uh, which I would assume. But um, she did, I, I, I went through this uh, briefly. I didn't see the whole thing, but she did really good with this. Um, a lot of really good stuff. So, uh, starting off with number one, it opens up with an absolute attack, a.k.a. it starts with Be Peggy and Steve's song, It's Been a Long, Long Time, which we've heard throughout the MCU. So, she has snapshots of when it played um, back when they have the, um, back at the Mar Marvel intro of the episode, and then it shows 
the um, the ending of Endgame, where you have Steve and Peggy dancing, which, oh man, it still hurts that like both Tony Stark and Steve Rogers are gone. You know that still hurts, but I'm glad that it, it's still so sad that Steve Rogers got his happy ending, but Tony Stark. You know, he had his, but had to sacrifice it for the greater good. And it just makes both characters tragic because Steve had to leave behind so much of his life, his current life, to live with Peggy, which is, you know, he's he's gaining back his old life, technically. And, you know, he was happy in his new life, but not as nearly as happy as he could have been with Peggy. And, of course, you know, he's sacrificing his his life with his new friends that he's made with um with uh he, he's giving up the the life he can live with his buddies uh, with the avengers like living um with bucky with uh i keep wanting to say anthony mackie <laughs> with falcon i mean now the current captain america so it's just oh man just uh i knew it was gonna happen eventually but man it still hurts Every time I watch the older movies now, I'm just going to be sad that they're no longer there. Ah, all right. So um, like like I said in the recap, number two continues with the lines like um, T'Challa yelling Wakanda forever. That Natasha's line, put you on hold. Um, <laughs> way to go, Tic Tac. That's how you punch from like Ant-Man and Civil War. Um, the Avengers uh, was when Natasha said, let me put you on hold. Um, three was Thor yelling about his friends from, you know, he's a friend from work. And then guardian that guardians of the galaxy with, uh, <laughs> Peter saying dance off, bro. So just a bunch of these awesome quotes from the movies. And that goes through four. Um, let's see five with talking about, um, more of the historical ones with Alan Watts, Neil Armstrong, Greta Thunberg, and so forth. And just the effects of everything was so great, seeing time through all the universes come together um, from the beginning to the end, the, the massive black holes, and just, dude, it was so great. <laughs> I, I love space. Um, let's see. So... Now at number six, it looks like they see like a Quin Quinjet that Natasha Clint, uh, Cl Natasha Clint, and the others traveled to space during Avengers Endgame. Um, number seven is like the instrumental song that plays when we see Loki. Uh, see the Loki title cards this week is different from what we've heard in previous episodes. So she really broke it down. Uh, number eight, we have when Loki and Sylvie walk up the steps, you can see two hourglass flanking the door. So little things like that that kind of signify, hey, uh, you know, time. <laughs> um, let's see. So with Miss Minutes at number nine, welcomes Loki and Sylvie to this place beyond the void and calls it the Citadel at the end of time. It's actually taken directly from the comics. It first appeared in Thor issue 245 when Thor, Jane, and other Asgardians travel there. And she has some nice snapshots from the episode. And the first one when they're like right outside, oh man, it looks so good. I just love the blues and purples and just all those hues of space. It's just so good. And something I just realized too, 
I actually forgot that in Thor uh, Love and Thunder, like Jane is going to be another, um, a new Thor. <clears throat> I'm really hoping that's not meaning that Chris Hemsworth is going to retire. I really hope that's not a thing. Because I know he said he wants to, him and um, Tom Holland, they both have said that they want to keep playing the character for as long as they can. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the MCU will be like, yeah, we don't need you anymore, you know? Um, so it's like, uh, I hope that means they have at least a couple more movies in them. And I'm pretty sure Thor's contract or Chris Hemsworth's contract does have him for a couple more things after Love and Thunder. But we'll see. Here's to hoping. It was hard enough letting go of the Avengers that we did. I mean, even with um, Black Widow, like that's pretty much the last movie from what we've heard. Like I've, I'm pretty sure with... Um, uh, what is her name? Every time I always forget people's names. Um, even with her, I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, she's dead and it doesn't look like they're going to try and bring her back. But it's just sad that we're probably, you know, they, yeah, it's it was pretty obvious that she was probably not coming back. But man, it's just it's just sad that she I'm pretty sure she an, an officially announced her retirement after the Black Widow movie, too. Which kind of concretely says, yeah, I mean, there could have been ways we could have brought her back, like in the multiverse, but, mm. I mean, we'll still see the character in the what if, at least, too, but also, I gotta mention, the what if is pretty much made canon now, you know, because the multiverse is officially a thing now, you know, it's not just something that's hidden, brushed away under the carpet, kept from existing by the TVA from the He Who Remains, now it's a literal living and breathing thing so now it's like too it's it's too perfectly lined up for it not to be canon you know loki made it so the multiverse is here and what comes up next after loki has ended now until season two what if all the different multiverses so yeah pretty dope um, in that same Thor comic for number 10, Jane also talks to He Who Remains, and that's who Miss Minute says lives in the Citadel, and reveals that the Time Twisters, or wait, and reveals what the Time Twisters really do. In the comics, the Time Twisters were a trio of beings created by the TVA. Sounds a little familiar? Wow. So, let's see, let's see, let's see... He who remains is an all-powerful being who founded the TVA in that ho in the hopes of not repeating past mistakes, which is also something that is brought up in later in that episode. Okay. So number eleven, this one was the really interesting one in the comics. Actually, no. It's next up. It's next up. This one's interesting too, though. Eleven in the comics, King does have a citadel similar to this one too. I mentioned it last week or she's mentioned it last week, but it's called Chronopolis and is located on the outskirts of time. And I think it's pretty obvious that that's probably, you know, that little city we saw in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, let's see. So I'm going to skip two because that is what I mentioned before. This deal, It's just dealing with Miss Minutes, um, trying to entice Loki about his um, failed missions. And... Oh, yeah, I didn't mention the the possibility of the Infinity Gauntlet, but she did mention, too, that, you know, if you kill Thanos, who else is going to be available to wield the Infinity Gauntlet? You know, it's but it's like, would he even be able to wield the gauntlet, though? Because 
I think they said, I mean, I remember Thor was, I remember Thor actually volunteered, but I forget why they turned him down. I think it was because he, you know, just wasn't in the, in the right mindset. You know, he was basically a drunk. So of course it, you know, Hulk did it and brought everyone back. And then, um, might I say how messed up it is that, you know, Hulk was able to bring everyone back, like literally half of the universe back with that snap. And it only cost him his arm. And Iron Man, with his suit, with his suit taking up as much power of of, of of the of the gauntlet that it can, he only needed to snap away Thanos and his army, and that was enough to kill him. That is a lot of dang power to wield. It makes me wonder, like, what what would have it what would have it done to Thor or even Loki at that point? I really wonder. Uh, let's see. So, another doctor. So, with Doctor, F- I keep saying Doctor because I see Doctor Strange is in the thing here. Um, fourteen is just a nice little camera move. That's a nod to Doctor Strange when they're walking through the city, or not the city, the Citadel. Um, so number and number fifteen, it says you can spot the statues of three people plus one that is broken. These represent the three time creep keepers we now we know about. And that one, and one that we haven't seen in the comics, he who remains actually created four timekeepers, but one of them, the Oracle of Siwa, was exiled. Interesting. So I guess that must have been just a nod to the comics then, because as we know, the timekeepers in the MCU are just androids, they're fake. So I guess that was just a nod to the comics in general. I don't think it has any meaning outside of that. I mean, they could maybe retcon it at some point, but I guess that's pretty much it. Okay, so number 16, Jonathan Majors. I'm just saying that he's officially joined the MCU as He Who Remains slash Kang. And, oh, here it is. So it sounds like two comic characters are being combined for this part, and it's so perfect. In the comics, Kang actually learns how to conquer timelines by studying he who remains. So he who remains actually is a comic character. I didn't realize that. Um, I thought what they did with this comic was, or I thought they were what they were doing with the Loki thing was they were going to use the timekeepers, but the big twist was they were introducing. I thought they were going to introduce an original character that was going to be something new to the the MCU. But this is still cool because I mean decades and decades worth of comics why not use the source material right and you know use some occasional original stuff like they're doing like mashing the two characters together which sounds really cool and i mean it it sounds like the perfect mashup because the last sentence says it enough says enough about it kang actually learns how to conquer the timelines based on studying he who remains so i kind of wonder if this is going to come into a bigger standoff or a bigger like I don't know something more than just the two characters being just variants of each other I wonder if there's going to be more to that maybe some kind of deception um but who knows I don't know by the way the the goofy picture of how he's like sitting on, on the chair in that little room I thought that was actually kind of funny just seeing him like that is pretty great all right, so number 17, um, in case you're like, but Nora, tell me more about Kang. 
Here you go. In the comics, Kane the Conqueror is as fearsome as Thanos. I mean, yeah. He's basically made up of dozens of identities from various timelines, just like what is explained in this episode. And I quote, A variant of myself lived on Earth in the 31st century. He was a scientist, and he discovered that there were universes stacked on top of his own. At the same time, other versions of us were learning the same thing. <laughs> it's just so good. Oh my gosh. So, in the comics, the various Kangs include Nathaniel Richards. Wait. What? Nathaniel Richards is Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman's kid. What? <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm so out of the loop. Immortus, uh, Ramatut, and Iron Iron Lad. Huh. I don't mean infinite timelines. I, I guess that makes sense. Infinite universes, I should say. So, wow. So, notice how he says this. A variant of myself lived on Earth in the 31st century. He was a scientist, and he discovered that there were universes stacked on top of his own. At the same time, other versions of us were learning the same thing. So, he says here a variant of himself. He doesn't say himself. So, at this point, I'm wondering if he's describing Kang's backstory here and not his own. But, at this, you know the latter part there at the same time are the versions of us were learning the same thing i think at that point he's saying yeah i was doing the same thing but you know i'm talking about king right now the big bad i think that's what it's talking about there but number 18 it says he who remains outfit is very similar to what various kang variants wear in the comics purple is his signature color and amortis a kang variant from the comics has a similar gold symbol on his chest lovely okay yeah, purple and villains are it just goes hand in hand. I forgot who started that. But ever since then it was like, you know, from Megatron to Joker, um Luther, Lex Luthor and onward. It's just like so many people have uh so many villains have purple cuz that just became the 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 the, <laughs> the the color of evil. Uh let's see. So the pen Oh yeah, so the pen that Mobius kept using in in Ravonna's Ravonna's office in episode two, and in episode four, is related to the Ravonna variant in twenty eighteen, the one that's a principal. So I didn't catch that. I figured it had some relevance. It was going to be foreshadowing something, and so that was a cool little payoff. Uh, let's see. So in twenty, you can see a portrait of Frank Franklin D. Roosevelt hanging on the wall in the school hallway, which corresponds to the fact that the pen reads Franklin D. Roosevelt High School. Uh, this was back when B fifteen, um, and the uh, other agent that she was going to show the variant of uh, of Renslayer was here. So I thought that was actually pretty cool. Um. I don't know if that really has a relevance to anything, though. If it's going to connect to anything more than just, yeah, she was a principal there. But number 21 is, so she says, also good, or dear good lord, this Ravana variant works in Ohio, and I am sorry, but after Black Widow, I cry every single time I hear Ohio because of where Natasha, Yelena, Melina, and 
Alexi lived. Huh. I haven't watched Black Widow yet, but I'm looking forward to it. But now I'm worried. Because <laughs> I know it's going to have some sad things about it because, you know, origin type deal. Or at least going back onto, you know, that type of deal, Natasha's backstory and stuff. But yikes. So you can see Ravona's uh, diploma in the room, and it says that her real name is Rebecca Terminate, which is the name of which is the name Ravona used in the comics while trying to distance herself from Kang. Okay, okay, pretty cool, pretty cool. Uh, let's see. So number twenty-three, when he shows, or when he who remains shows Loki and Sylvie all of their printed dialogue. You can see that he who remains lines say me while Loki's lines list his variant identification number L1130. Huh. So it's all like on this typewriter paper. I I tried to pause it and see and I, I noticed that and I thought that was actually really cool. And I do love that he literally just had it all on paper and was just pulling it through. Um, this like portfolio and just pulling out like, hey, yeah, like this is how I know what's going to happen. Like you just said that you just said that I thought that was like that must be so annoying just carrying that paper around and just isolating what is what. But I mean, you know, having the libraries for all they have on time and of course, with the help of Miss Minutes, I'm sure it's not that hard to locate what they really need. Um, so number 24, when Ravana, Rav, I don't know why I keep mispronouncing her name. When Ravona is about to prune Mobius, I'm about to just keep saying Renslayer instead. Cause I'm, I'm sure I'm tricking, I'm, I'm sure I'm triggering, triggering people. I keep trying to hiccup and I keep stuttering my words because of that. Oof. So when Renslayer is about to prune Mobius, the shot is very reminiscent of when Loki looks up at the Avengers and the, and the Avengers. Ah. Uh, I mean, yeah, but I think, she, I don't know. I feel like that, I feel like that's a little bit of a reach. It's clear that that was a thing when Loki was, um, when he ran, when he got pruned and run it and ran into the other Lokis. Cause even the same music was playing like a, a new rendition of it. But I feel like this was a little bit of a reach. Cause I mean, of course it's going to be the same angle when Mobius is knocked to the ground and she's, you know, standing above him. Also, that scene, uh, I gotta watch. I gotta watch all the movies again. But it's the clip of you know her, and then underneath is the Avengers looking at Loki, and it's just like, dude, you, yeah, you lost. <laughs> like you got Hawkeye. I love. I, I, I can't stress how, how sick that scene is. Like Hawkeye is in front. The man who was brainwashed by Loki at the start of the movie has the arrow just lined up like you even think of doing you even sneeze and this arrow is between those eyes <laughs> i love it everyone else is just looking down and i'm like yeah just like we don't you know all of us don't even need to be here all you just all we need is just a hawkeye like he he's got you lined up like <laughs> uh if it's all the same to you i'll have that drink now <laughs> good old loki uh, so number 25, he who remains tells Sylvie and Loki that he's been dubbed many years or <laughs> dubbed many years. What in the world? Dubbed many names. And this is similar to Kang in the comics. Most notably, he's Kang the Conqueror, but he does go by other names. So I picked up on that, too. I mentioned that. So I'm glad 
that I'm I'm glad I wasn't the because at first I kind of thought was I reaching with that, but then I thought nah. I mean, he is called King the Conqueror, so him saying Conqueror, even though Conqueror can you know, a lot of people over the years have been called Conqueror, but I mean, it's literally a part of his name. It's the comics, so yeah, I shouldn't have I should have figured that it wasn't a reach thinking that that was a thing. That was an Easter egg. So 26, He Who Remains tells a story about how his variants helped each other before they started a multiversal war. In the comics, the Council of Kangs is a group made up of Kangs who look to eliminate Kangs that diverge from the path. Wow. That sounds like the Council of Ricks from Rick and Morty. What in the world? So... And also the Fantastic Four, the Council of Reeds. Like, I know from what I've heard, the Council of Ricks is uh, a parody of, um, it's a parody of uh, the Council of Reeds. And that's why I know about the Council of Ricks, because it's a parody. But, wow. So, that actually makes, yeah, so that makes that makes a lot more sense. So there's a group of Kangs who look to eliminate Kangs that diverge from the path. So what path? Are they all just, I'm, I'm guessing the group of Kangs, the council, is the ones who are trying to rule and the ones who are, you know, maybe trying to destroy everything or maybe be peaceful or eliminated? I don't know. Let's see here. So number 27, he who remains tries to entice Loki and Sylvie to take over pruning the timeline. And throughout the episode, he's eating an apple. It's hard not to make the biblical symbolism comparison, a.k.a. Adam, Eve, the apple, and the snake. Oh, wow. Interesting. I didn't think about it like that. I just thought, you know, that he was eating the apple because he was literally just that calm you know he was not like i was saying before it wasn't really an egotistical thing it was mainly him just that was just you know he was not only probably hungry but just showing that you know he he has these swords pointed at him but he you know he has the high ground he's the obi-wan in this in this situation but wow yeah i i get it that makes sense um 28 also, in Doctor Strange, when Steven first uses the Eye of Agamotto, he practices on an apple. And since this episode is really going to influence Doctor Strange 2, more on that soon, I had to bring it up. Uh, mm, I think that's a bit of a reach. I mean, it's it's kind of a cool little... I don't know. I don't think that's really connecting anything. But I, I do like that, you know... Apple there, Apple there. I get it. It's 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 fun because I mean, it's both relating to time. So I can yeah, I, I can see that. I think that's kind of cool. I get the I get the thing now. Like he's using the eye of Agamotto, time travel, and the apple. Loki's about time travel. He's eating an apple. He deals with time. He is the bit you know the the guy in charge of time. Okay, okay. That, that was, I appreciate that being in there now. <laughs> All right. So number 29, we're getting close to the end of this um, list. So far, pretty cool. Uh, a couple of new things learned. It's always nice to go through these lists and actually learn something. Uh, 29, okay, okay, it's fine. We've officially entered the multiverse in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is a pretty big deal. <laughs> it's at, like for me, it's definitely set in, but it's it hasn't completely set in just yet because once we start seeing more of the consequence of this, that's when it's really gonna set in. Like the fact alone that um, the fact alone that what if is more than likely, I would say ninety five percent most likely canon now because of what happened with Loki is blowing my mind. And I'm just waiting for that to be seen. So now we can now looking back at Loki and seeing the branches. Now I can look at these and see, you know, what's officially happening there. But at the same time, you kind of get a glimpse of what partially is happening there by, you know, all the different Lokis. But, you know, it, it, it's part of the best thing to see your, um, one of the best things to see based on your, like, imagination. So imagination is key there. So as she's as she continues to say, this is good, definitely going to directly impact Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And I'm sorry, I can't stop typing in all caps. <laughs> OK, I like this. I like this uh, lady. Nora, you, I like the energy you're bringing to this article. <laughs> I might have to, like, see if I can follow you and just get updates whenever you write articles about this stuff. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, I know there's still a lot up in the air, and there's still a lot of rumors, but I really do hope Spider-Man Away From Home has um, Andrew Garfield and Toby. I know, like, Andrew kind of, like, said he isn't involved or never got the call, but these actors are pretty trained not to spoil things. But at the same time, I feel like if they... If they came out and said it, then it would bring in a lot of great, cool things. But I mean, hey, we th there was a lot that we thought was going to happen with WandaVision, for instance, that didn't happen. Like we thought Ultron was going to be in there because for some reason he was credited on on Wikipedia, I think, as a as as Ultron, as reprising his role like a Steve. What is, it, what is his name? Why is it every time I think of an actor's name it's like, whoa, what is his name again? Um. But yeah, Ultron was originally on the cast to be in there, but he obviously didn't make an appearance. So it's like, <sighs> Spider-Man No Way Home could be completely different from what we're theorizing it can, and can it could be. But either way, it's highly likely No Way Home is going to be a multiversal story. So, But either way, it's going to be fire regardless. Um, let's see. So she says here too, Doctor Strange is going to have such a wow time between Loki basically helping to start them all. <gasps> oh man. Excuse me. Wow. Okay. So Doctor Strange is going to have such a wow time between Loki basically helping start the multiverse and Wanda messing with reality. Yeah. It's safe to say Doctor Strange is going to be pretty pissed. <laughs> He's going to be pretty pissed. Um, and that's still weird. Why didn't he appear at all during WandaVision? What is he doing right now? That's preventing. That's like it has to be. There has to be something pretty profound happening right now that has his hands tied that he didn't even make an appearance. And I heard he was rumored to appear in the finale, but that was scrapped for some reason. I don't know, but whatever. 
Um, so she go on go on to say that there are comics with Doctor Strange, Wanda, and Loki fighting side by side. And I literally tweet about it regularly because I need it and I feel we are so close. Yeah, I mean, at this point, Wanda is definitely the strongest, the strongest hero in the multi in the, in the series. Um, notice how I said hero. Uh, Doctor Strange is definitely in there too, and Loki. Yeah, especially now that based off of what he's learned with um, Sylvie, he's he's definitely up there too. And as he learns more about his powers and stuff, it's clear that. We haven't been able to see Loki at his true potential due to, you know, different circumstances and stuff. But, yeah, it's it's clear that he's, you know, they're Loki. I mean, in the comics, he's he's definitely no one to mess with. And even in the MCU, he's no one to mess with. But he's, well, a lot of times, especially in recent years, he's been used as the punching bag and, and the joke. But for many good reasons. But I think, yeah, I think Loki... He is going to be a lot stronger very soon, I think. All right. So number 30. Not only do we see the sacred timeline splitting, but with Sylvie killing he who remains, and she goes, ah, Sylvie, why? We're going to get more of his variants, which means I'm assuming Jonathan Majors will be an evil he who remains variant and Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum uh, mania. Yeah, that makes sense because Kang, um, I believe, is officially going to be the villain in um, Quantum Mania. So, regardless of what happens in uh, Volume two, or in Season Two of of Loki, whether or not they conquer uh, the TVA and maybe take out um, a variant of Kang, they have literally a multiverse of Kangs to deal with. So. It's safe to say there's probably going to be a lot of um, Kangs dying <laughs> that we're going to see. It's going to be really wild. Um, so they have a quote from the show here where he's where he's talking to Sylvie. Um, this at this point, Loki has already been transported out of the fight. He says, or you plunge a blade in my chest and an infinite amount of me start another multiversal war. And I just end up right back here anyways and that's what i was referring to before too like he ends up right back here does he mean himself or does he mean kang you know the big bad kang i mean regardless it's a version of him so i guess it doesn't really matter either anyway i mean it, it does it does technically because if it's a good version of him then it's run efficiently and you know people suffer regardless but it's the I guess the lesser of two evils at that point. So yeah, uh, number thirty-one. You know what? Now that I think about it, too, I'm sure a lot of people really hate Sylvie right now. <laughs> but I can't. I I really understand Sylvie's point, and uh, it's sad. It's sad. I really feel for her, but she messed up. But at the same time, because of her, because of Sylvie. We get what if we get us. We get, we're getting a lot more content from Sylvie. I think Disney Plus needs to give her. There's there's a check. There's a check from from Disney Plus that they owe to Sylvie because she single handedly just delivered a bunch of new content that they can dish out. <laughs> oh, that's that's something Deadpool would say. And now that we have Deadpool officially a part of the MCU, now that they did their 
first little thing with um him and uh Korg, you know, that's the first little introduction of Deadpool to the MCU. Now it's like, yeah, it's only a matter of time before he makes these references. So uh, let's see, number 31, when Loki returned to the TVA. Oh, by the way, I got to say, that was a good, that was a good video. I loved, like, if they had to have anyone with Deadpool, Korg was, that was a good little introduction. And it makes the most sense because think of where everyone else is. It just makes the most sense having it just being a random character like uh, like Korg, a random lovable character like Korg. All right. So when Loki returns to the TVA, Mobis and Hunter B-15 don't know who he is. And I'm assuming that Loki is now on a different timeline where he never met Mobius. Yep. So that's what I figure too. Like I, I I'm, I'm pretty much on the, th- on the terms of thinking that this is a separate timeline. He, he somehow got transported to a different timeline. I'm pretty certain that his original timeline still exists and he's going to have to somehow convince them of um convince them of what you know what he currently did and who he is to them and part of me wonders if you know since sylvie kind of since he helped sylvie with doing that uh, what is it called the not 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 the influence but i'll just say influence i can't remember the name but since she kind of did teach him how to do that on Eliath. I wonder if that's how he's going to be able to convince them who he is. Because if he doesn't even know that that's Loki, because if you remember in at the beginning of the show, Loki, by this point, Mobius and them have dealt with a countless and countless amount of Lokis. And from what we saw, the ones they dealt with all looked like him. So I would imagine even before he took on this case where, you know, Sylvie was killing a bunch of agents and stuff, I would imagine he would still know what Loki looks like. So part of me kind of wonders if this is a timeline where Loki's not really an issue, you know? So I, that 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 kind of helps me think that this has to be a totally separate timeline altogether. Because of course, no, no, I'm starting. I'm starting to think of something else. Where I was gonna say, oh yeah, because of course they're all viewing the timelines splitting at the same time. But uh, like I said, if there can't be more, I'm I'm still on the terms of there can't be a bunch of TVAs, can there? Because there was only one. Because it was one. There was one timeline. So could it be possible now that there are separate timelines? There could be separate TVAs. I mean. Why not if they're a bunch of Kangs? I don't know. I keep going back to that. I'm thinking, am I just talking mess? I don't know. So number 32, the statue of he who remains that Loki sees at the very end of the episode looks just like Kang's comic book look. So yes, you can hear me yelling. So yeah, looking at it now, I didn't get a good look at it before. I meant to pause it, but yeah. So from what it looks like, he's definitely wearing the the whole garb minus the helmet of Kang and obviously since it's a statue we can't tell if he has blue face or but he's not wearing a mask so I don't know what would make him have a blue face so I would imagine that probably Kang is um oh crap I just realized this is most likely Kang this is most likely the big bad 
This is crazy. All right, so, um, yeah, he's not wearing the helmet. That looks to be the only difference with this look. But, yeah, this is our first look at what Kang is going to look like. And it looks pretty much like the, uh, like the comics without, you know, being super campy. Because I, I got I to admit, Kang looks pretty campy. <laughs> and number 33... As I mentioned at the beginning, we finally, uh, she says, and finally, not a real hidden detail, but in case you left before the end of the credits, we are getting Loki season two. And she says, good Lord, I'm already stressed because when in the grand scheme of the MCU release dates are we getting this season? Yeah, that's true. But I mean, honestly, they probably didn't mention anything because they didn't want us knowing there was going to be a season two until the very end. Because if we... If we came into the finale knowing there was going to be a season two, there wouldn't have been as much hype because looking back at the previous um, shows, you know, there there's no current plans on being on there being uh, season twos for those other shows because those uh, shows directly lead into movies. So there's not really a need to do a season two necessarily. So with Loki, not currently directly coinciding with a movie currently excluding possibly Doctor Strange 2 and uh, Quantumania which obviously Kang connected to this is going to connect to those movies to some degree but who knows if Loki and the TVA really will so that's kind of up in the air but it's pretty crazy like who knows what we could even see like now that there's a multiverse we may even like it's it's possible we'll probably even see a Thanos uh, cameo in Multiverse of Madness. You don't know. I mean, it's called the Multiverse of Madness. And they said that this is going to be a, a, a scary, like a kind of a horror uh, movie. So I'm really excited about that. But yeah, that was uh, 33 things about this. Um, she pretty much did really good. I think she tackled everything. And while some of these, I feel, were kind of a reach, I mean, only 5% really, 95% of it was actually really good. It was a good refresher. And it really makes me wonder. She didn't mention once about the fact... Oh, no, no, no. Actually, she did mention how, like, this is definitely a separate timeline. But it, was, it makes me wonder if if there are multiple TVAs or if, if this the TVA he went to was just changed. But hopefully, my 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 theory is Loki is going to just use that enchantment on them to help them remember or maybe just tell them, like, okay, you guys are variants. You should know this by now if you don't and go there. So, um, yeah, so we'll go from there. Um, I definitely want to follow this... Uh, I definitely want to follow her and see what other articles she's done. But yeah, Nora Dominic, you have made a fan. Uh, so she joined in 2017. She's made s over 1,700 posts, and they're spread out amongst a bunch of number, a bunch of number of different things. So that's pretty cool. A couple of them are in different languages, but okay, okay, I dig it. All right, so this has been a very fun episode. I. Uh, didn't go as long as the other season finales I did, so that's pretty cool. Or maybe it did. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure the one was like a two hours. I think that was the one division one, because that one I did 
every episode stepped us uh, I just broke down like what I remember from each episode what was so fun about it and all that so but yeah I'm really hyped about this um this next phase I think is going to be even better than, than the infinity saga and I know that's that's saying a lot but one thing about Marvel is when they were building up the Infinity Saga, they were still trying to figure out what they could get, what they could do, and what pretty much yeah, just what they could do and how far they could take it. You know, they weren't sure if they could do a Thor movie. They weren't sure if they could really like think of how long it took them to do certain things. So now that they know that okay people really want all of these characters we just have to figure out how to where to place them and go from there you know they're on a roll now they know how to make successful stories and tell these characters true to their source material or at least true enough where it's very entertaining and refreshing so with that in mind i think now this new seat this new uh, saga is going to be better because they now know what to do to to make it that way. They, they're not really afraid of who to bring in and do that. And now that so much is already established, too, we have all these characters now that are out in the open instead of, um, you know, hey, uh, instead of like how Iron Man first was, how we, you know, got some name drops here and there. It's not that anymore. It's we know who the Avengers are. There's going to be a whole new cast of Avengers now because most of them are, you know, dead. But <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing at that. So, yeah, there's so much to explore now. And it's basically endless at this point. And it's just, wow. And, you know, we, this is the closest we've got to how the comics are ever. And it's the first to really do it to this degree like marvel is setting some really high bars now and it's just i mean higher than ever it's it's a great time to be a marvel fan <laughs> it really is and if you did enjoy loki what how <laughs> i really enjoyed it i'm looking forward to season two and i'm curious too when is season two gonna come um i'm sure like probably a week from now or something, there will probably there will probably be announcement that yeah, uh, filming for Loki has started or something like that. I'm or Loki season two. I mean, has started. I'm sure it's gonna you know come out. I, I I would expect it to probably come out sometime next year. I don't think they're gonna put it. I don't think they're gonna put it on ice. Honestly, I think season two is gonna have to roll out. You know, almost immediately. You know, give Loki some time to Loki season one some time to really dwell give time for a bunch of other people to soak it in now that it's finished because you know there are going to be people who want to just binge it all together instead of waiting week to week like i did and then you know they have their other projects too so that stuff can develop and who knows maybe season two will um connect and reference things that multiverse of madness and quantum mania will lay down you know that it may be one of those interwoven things that will need to happen too um so i'm pretty sure multiverse of madness comes out next year so yeah there we go so this was a pretty fun episode really had a blast talking about all this stuff if you listen to this whole thing you are awesome i hope you stayed entertained um 
<laughs> this was quite a blast. I can't wait to see what if. And um, let me know if you guys like this kind of thing where I do a first impressions and then I do a final and then I do a next episode that just talks about the thing as a whole and you go from there. I kind of like that. That way there's not as much pressure to do a, a week to week thing since I do um, other types of episodes on this podcast. But there you go. Uh, let me know what you thought about Loki. I'd love to hear from it, um, whether it's hitting me up on Instagram. By the way, I changed my Instagram handle. It's no longer I dot I escape dot I. It's I am dot I escape. I just thought it'd be simpler. And um, if you don't have Instagram, hit me up on uh, Gmail, nicklocknl at gmail.com with the subject A-OK. And I would love to hear from you guys. And I would love to feature what you said on the next episode. And hey, if you want to be a guest, you're more than welcome to. I'd love to have more people on to talk about all this fun stuff. So there we are. Until the wind hits our sails yet again, I will see you all in the next episode. And until then, this is A-OK Radio signing off for time. Wait, I said it wrong. Dag nabbit. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said it wrong. Oh, I messed up the handle. Wait, I'm going to do that again. I'm going to do that again. Until the wind hits our sails yet again. This is A-OK. Wow. I screwed it up again now because I'm nervous. <laughs> All right. One more time. Third time's a charm, right? Until the wind hits our sails yet again. I will see you in the next escape. And until then, this is AOK Radio signing off. For all time, always. Ooh, another chapter concludes. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to help support it by leaving a rating if possible, subscribing and sharing the podcast with others. That way more people can see it, whether it's either from you or in their suggestion feed. And if you leave a review on the show, you'll get a shout out in the next episode. But due to my podcasts being available, not just on multiple platforms, but multiple countries to ensure I see a rating. Uh, either send me a, an email with the subject AOK Radio or messaging me on Instagram, which is i.escape.i. So my social medias, my other social medias, I should say, and other projects like I Believe in Monsters, my short story narrations, and more are linked in the show notes below. And feel free to message me with any suggestions for future episodes. And if you ever want to be featured on one as well to talk about whatever subject, Hit me up there as well. Special shout out for Emac for uh, producing the beat. Always love you. That is used as my outro and the song featured in my EP Canvas District. The intro song used is titled The Unstoppables, produced by me. A link to all those is also in the show notes. This is AOK Radio, signing off. There is always more to seek. So, Go forth and seek it.